This is Aftermath, where we bring you the week that was in MMA. I am your man, the voice, MTMV Sports, combat sports correspondent with the... I I just can't think of enough superlatives to say for (laughs) this man. He's a a real live American hero putting his life on the line on a daily basis to keep the forest of Florida in order. And yeah, the man who loves God, loves his family. I mean, you know, just put your hands together for the (laughs) one, the only Josh Moose. What's going on? Not much, man. Again, I am completely flattered. <laughs> How have you been doing, my man? I know it's been a, a, a couple weeks since we've had Aftermath. Hey, fighting the good fight and it is well. Um, today is an interesting day. My baby boy got the flu, but he was supposed to be completing his uh, his belt test today. I don't know if he's going to be able to do the makeup one on Saturday or not because the medicine he's on makes him dizzy. So we'll see what happens with all of this wonderfulness. But um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it is what it is as uh, Max Holloway would say. <laughs> well, what's going on on your end? I know you, uh, you're pretty busy yourself. Yeah, I have had a couple classes the last couple of weeks. Uh, So down in Brooksville, about a little less than an hour from the house, doing some uh, training for work. I'm currently in a uh, or in an instructor's class, um, which everybody keeps asking me about it. Now, mind you, I speak on a podcast. I'm a I'm a youth pastor that speaks every week in front of children and preach in front of our congregation. Sometimes mm-hmm. I teach different subjects already for this for the state of Florida, and everyone keeps asking me how this class is, and I tell them it's almost like taking a week long class that teaches you how to show your work for a math problem you already know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> it is by far and away the easiest class I've ever been in because we've had to do a couple of presentations and uh, you know, basically instruct on whatever our subject matter is. There's no real limitations. So I chose uh, my website and how to build, how I built my website. So nice. um, an easy class. But nonetheless, it's still a week of just being away from home. But uh, my parents live two minutes away, so I can kind of hang out with them for the week and stay in the spare room. And wife and baby just came down uh, yesterday. So even they're down here with me. So it's I'm away from home, but I'm not really away from home. Cool, cool. So away from home, yet still have family and some of the comforts of home is is this your childhood home as well this is uh for the most part where we've been the longest but yes this is uh we're actually staying in my old room my (laughs) first room and i'm actually sitting upstairs in my uh last room in this house doing this podcast right now so it's it's uh, interesting coming up here and seeing it not as my room but more as uh my mom's workout space and my dad's uh 
like uh, patches and he's also a, a firefighter and all of his looks like there's a bunch of patches and different t-shirts from different incidents he's been on first time i've been up in this room in a couple of years probably <laughs> oh wow that's neat so what was your room is now the uh uh man cave slash workout <laughs> space that, that's oh yeah <laughs> That's what's up. Well, what better place to be in than uh, a man cave uh, to talk about fights and boy, <laughs> UFC 231 was definitely a night of fights to remember. Two titles on the line, a new champion, and just all kinds of records being set. Performance of the night bonus went to uh, Tiago Santos and to Max Holloway, who was also in the fight of the night with uh, T City, Brian Ortega. I don't know why I couldn't think of his first name, uh, but yeah, T City. I, I Hopefully, he knows his name after that fight. Man, but I'm not going to step on your toes. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that uh, especially after what you put online it's like yeah I don't know uh, if that round was for uh, Ortega now it's like okay all right. well I want to know your take but uh, we will (laughs) save that for last the piece de resistance Uh, and as is our custom we're going to give our takes on the fights in the order that they happen and the curtain jerker for UFC 231 was also the voices marquee matchup and uh, as we were doing the pre-fight stuff I said it doesn't hurt that it also came uh, came to be one of the performances of the night bonuses you know makes a brother look good makes him look like I know what I'm talking about but anyway round one yeah that could be a contender for round of the year Santos dropped Jimmy two times in the first minute. Then he was hitting him with some spinning stuff, jump switch stuff. I mean, just just throwing the kitchen sink and the kitchen and and pulled the bathroom sink and threw it at him too. What really stood out to me regarding that was two things. One, getting towards the end of the round, Santos started looking really tired and the poster boy started gaining steam. He was able to start hitting and hurting uh, Santos as well with some strikes. And he looked like, okay, round two might be a turning point. And it was, but not the way that I expected. (laughs) Man, round two started and he could barely get started. He caught Manawood with two uppercuts in the clinch. Then threw a hook that folded the poster boy up like his name like like he was on a poster and boy did he fold quickly giving Maheta the win and the extra 50k for performance of the night bonus man yeah he uh he definitely did his thing and and looks good with his second fight at heavy I mean not heavyweight light heavyweight and stoppages in both of those fights. All right, the uh, you you have a take on Nelson and Oliveira and that fight. Yeah, de- definitely 
is uh, worth talking about. So tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, this was definitely a tale of two rounds in this fight. Um, really, Nelson came out. Uh, Gunner Nelson came out looking really good. Took a uh, got a takedown immediately into a body lock. Um, really smooth, sweet transitions. Uh, but and I don't know if it was intentional or not. But I know that um, Cowboy got him close. He, he was kind of up against the, the fence um, with that body triangle. And it kind of had Gunnar Nelson in a weird, um, weird position. And I, I do want to back up just a little bit before that, because if I'm not mistaken, this was the fight of the absolute worst fence grab in the history of <laughs> MMA. I, I, now, I don't know if it was the worst or not, but I definitely thought about you uh, when I saw that happen. Uh, it was the first time I've actually heard the announcers, uh, uh, the commentators, whatever you want to call them, the, the guys talking. Um, it was one of the first times I'd ever heard them say something along the lines of, if it's that egregious, you just need to take the point. Like, at what point will you ever take a point? I mean, he pulled that fence out like three and a half inches. <laughs> I mean, he just locked in and was not going to let it go. And then he almost did it again, but I, to his credit... Um, he did reach for it and actually pulled away and, and uh, by pulling away uh, actually led to the takedown that I, uh, that, that this happened here. So I will say, you know, I understand it's, it's reflex. So I, I, I'm not hating on the guy on this one. Uh, really what gets me is when they keep doing it. But he did not. Um, but I did have to throw in that, that massive fence crap in okay. that round. Be- before you go forward, though, <laughs> I want to ask you a question about that because when I saw it happen, I was like, dude, yeah, that was that was pretty bad. And I thought for sure that something would happen, but nothing happened. What were your thoughts about the restart? Uh, honestly, that's actually a good question because I really didn't know how I felt about it when it when it happened. Uh, because I mean he was already in that position and when you're kind of when he was speaking of Nelson here Nelson was in that position I thought he actually had a better position before they broke him and then put him back in Um, I actually felt like he was reset into a lesser position if that makes sense because he Mm -hmm. still had him up against the up against the cage with the two the two I believe he had the uh, underhooks or he might have even had his hands locked around uh, Oliveira, um, and then when they reset, but by resetting in the initial uh, after the fence grab and everything happened, Oliveira was up on his toes mm-hmm. because of how low Gunner Nelson was was actually pushing up into his ribs, um, which was causing Cowboy to get on get up on his toes to to probably alleviate some to where he can breathe a little better, but also just that pressure was pushing him up. When they reset, he was flat-footed and was actually in a wider stance. Uh, so he had a better base, which it turned out it didn't really matter because I believe it was sh- right after that that he got him on the ground. Um, I mean, he, he ended up – that was the second one where he pulled him off the fence. He almost grabbed it a second time. Mm-hmm. I personally – if you're not going to get – if you're not going to do anything, like if they would have restarted him on the ground and said, look, there's zero chance you were going to make it because <laughs> you were completely up in the air <laughs> – um, you know, if you wanted to put him on the ground, 
in some kind of a position, I, I guess you can read, but why stop the momentum at that point? Uh, it, break it, not it, not even take a point. I, that's the only thing I didn't like about it. If you're going to stop it, it doesn't, don't give them a warning. Um, or if, or if somehow Cowboy ended up on top, then you can, at that point, you need to stand them back up because he, he gained the position through an illegal move, um, which is what we saw uh, in the uh, Alvarez Poyer fight mm-hmm. um, with the, the the twelve to six. Actually, I believe it was Mark Goddard stood him up and said that you know you, you're going to lose position. I don't think he took the point, but he took away the position, right. which turned into which was a turning point in that fight as well. So I, I didn't really like the stoppage just because, in my opinion, it didn't do anything. It actually hurt the guy that was already hurt by the illegal move. Um, it kind of put him into a, it, albeit a slightly lesser position, but still a lesser position. Um, and momentum had stopped. Right. You know? I <laughs> Which I thought was silly. Yeah. I, I thought that it should have started on the ground because it was obvious that that's where he was headed. And the only thing that kept him from going to the ground was the fence ground. But yeah, that that's... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's why I wanted to, to get your take on it. So I, I agree, it should have started on the ground. But like you said, it didn't matter because uh, soon after he was on the ground anyway. So True. And well, I guess I'd have to say even that with a grain of salt because I'll continue here. Um, because that, that takedown, he had snatched him much farther from the, the fence um, than he did on his second takedown. So there could have been a difference if he was able to get the same style takedown, which it was and secure that body lock he would have been five six feet away from the fence as opposed to two three feet Mm. from the fence and it was really that two three foot that kept gunners nelson even though he was he had the body lock or or, or the body triangle whatever you want to call it the seat belt Mm -hmm. um even though he had that locked in he was not actually behind to where he could even threaten with the neck he was only able to threaten the arms because they were so close to the fence that gunner nelson was actually leaned to the side, which then uh, allowed Cowboy to start working on turning into him and then was able to start working on a couple of different ways to get out. None of them worked at first, but he just was able to keep working, keep working, keep working. He threatened an arm here because, again, Gunnar Nelson's was was all the way to the side that, that Oliveira was actually able to grab an arm and try to almost torque it across his body in an arm triangle i mean uh, an arm bar style mm-hmm. which again would force nelson to let go which then he turned eventually all that to say Oliveira ended up on top and was landing some massive ground and pound um some some i mean just the length that he had uh, able to stand up he could basically reach down and punch nelson and nelson coming back up couldn't quite get there <laughs> Right. So it was just, I mean, he was just able to pick his shots. And of course, with nowhere for your head to go, there is no snapback. You're just hitting uh, basically full force every time you get hit. Uh, Cowboy was doing some crazy things, jumping up and, and trying to land some, some harder shots. He was trying to throw elbows. Um, very creative striker. Uh, and it showed. And um, so really, Oliveira walks away with round one. Um, you had basically a takedown and a transition for Nelson and that was about it um, the rest of the time he spent getting beaten up and just not getting put out and then the second round kicks off and um, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> uh, 
I believe that there was a, a couple of like quick exchanges early, and then I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I think Oliveira went for the takedown, a single leg, and Nelson reversed it and ends up on top or kind of in like a half guard um, position. And regardless, somehow it gets there where, where Nelson does end up on, on top. I believe that the, the, the it was initiated by um, Oliveira. But there was a little bit of ground and pound. Um, looked like it was kind of boring for a while as, as Nelson was trying to get position, got on top, was able to get a mount on top. Uh, Oliveira was, trying to, was, was willing to give up the back uh, because you know he had just gotten out of the same position. And he, it got to a point where Nelson starts throwing – um, finally decides just to open up and starts throwing some elbows. And he landed one elbow <laughs> that he reached up from the rafters to grab before he <laughs> threw it. <laughs> and it hit, and it just instantly splits open Oliveira. I mean, I saw, I think, uh, Instagram or Twitter, it was 27, 29 stitches. 29 stitches, um, yeah. It was, I mean just blood squirting out you could see immediately Oliveira his he winces and he rolls over he does he's he's not one to take any shots of course he's got this massive cut on his face uh, or on his forehead that's making everything from his I mean instant blood mask Mm -hmm. um so Gunnar Nelson swoops around drags the arm right down this newly bloodied face he slides right into a rear naked choke and to tell you how bad this cut was, when he squeezes, when Gunnar Nelson squeezes, <laughs> it actually shoots blood out of his head. Yeah, like something you'd see out of a like a, a one of those uh, like a slasher movie, mm-hmm. like a, <laughs> like where it's just completely over dramatic and everything. Like, but it was oh, it was it was bad. <laughs> but um, it really it really was a, a tale of two rounds. I mean, you had the first round where Oliveira was just raining down. The, the ground and pound, um, and then the the second round. And I, if I'm not mistaken, both rounds, whoever took the guy down, ended up as the ground and pound victim recipient. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. I mean, almost mirror rounds, except where Oliveira was not able to finish. Um, Nelson was able to land just this terrible elbow finish with the rear naked choke. Uh, really. Uh, really an exciting fight the entire time because it seemed like every single thing that happened in this what two and a half rounds or almost three rounds or almost two rounds rather um it feel like every little section of the fight was going to end the fight so you, there was never a point where really anything was boring it was oh man he's gonna get submitted oh no he's gonna get knocked out oh man can he escape this end of round beginning of round oh man one of them's gonna take oh he took him down oh he's going for submission oh he just cracked his skull open i mean it was really a bang 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 fight um and really a big win for gunner nelson yeah absolutely it was something that he truly needed as he'd been like i i, I feel like he was on a losing streak going into the fight i can't remember offhand uh but yeah, he he needed that one, and I'm glad that he got it because it it definitely made a huge difference for him. Um, yeah, I mean he he hadn't won and really hadn't fought 
in about a year and a half. So that that's what it was. It wasn't that he was on a losing streak, but he lost a long time ago and hadn't fought since then. Um, and it was a fight that really was a, a fight that made Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, he beat Gunnar Nelson like, whoa, okay, this guy's serious. Then he comes and destroys Magni. And, you know, now he's a, a contender. So uh, this was definitely something that he needed. And, uh, and he got it in a big way. In a big, big way. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads us to the co-main event of the evening, which was the fight for the vacant women's flyweight belt. But ever since the flyweight division was announced, and Valentina Shevchenko made it known that her intentions were to drop down to 125 and fight. I mean, it, it was just a foregone conclusion that she was a champion. It's like, okay, Tough is just producing someone to fight Valentina so she can get the belt. Uh, and unfortunately, <laughs> she was unable to do that because uh, the winner was out for about a year and then when it was time to fight for the belt not only couldn't make weight couldn't even make it to the weigh-ins had to be hospitalized due to a bad weight cut uh but this was the fight that the featherweight division i mean not featherweight flyweight division wanted anyway uh you know yana yantrechek has been a beast and i don't care if people say you're on a former champion she's still you're on a champion to me she will always be your honor champion. That is her nickname. Uh, but we wanted to see this fight between the two, even though they faced each other three times before and the result was the same. That was in Muay Thai. And that was 10 years ago. This is MMA. And again, that was a decade ago. So, you know, obviously things could be different, but they weren't very different. Um, round one. Shevchenko used a side control, or I should say a slam, belly to belly suplex into side control um, and hit her with some spinning kicks to or a spinning kick to end the round and that was just a sign of things to come because Valentina continued to employ those techniques throughout the fight to really make her mark and help lead her to victory the greatest difference that I saw in this fight, and not only in this fight, but any of the fights that Joanna has lost, for the most part, it's been because she hasn't been able to dominate with her pace and her pressure. When she's in your face and pushing the pace and doing things, she just wears you out. It's, a, it's an accumulation of punishment and it's a war of attrition that you lose she could not find her range and she was very hesitant and that was magnified in round two uh, Bullet said in the lead up to the fight that when they were fighting in Muay Thai she would just use her counters to uh, to gain the victory and that was the same strategy she employed in this fight which is why JJ couldn't find her range and why she was a bit timid you know she would throw stuff but she would throw it too far away where she couldn't quite get to Shevchenko and then whenever she did get close enough bam she was getting caught with something 
Shevchenko took her down to the ground three times in round two and caught her with a hard overhand right. Uh, then round three, JJ was able to turn it on. She found her rhythm. She found her range and caught Valentina with a hard overhand right and an inside crescent kick. Uh, that coupled with the pressure that she put on and her ability to stop the takedowns in round three gave that round to Joanna. So I was like, okay, the fight is on, boy. Yeah, uh, JJ got that round. It was close, but she got it. And she came out like a house on fire in round four. I was like, ooh, JJ's going to win this fight. This is going to be good. <laughs> but um, yeah, back to the to the drawing board or not let me not say back to the drawing board back to what was working for Shevchenko spinning strikes and takedowns as a matter of fact got one about two minutes into round four and that quelled any fire that Joanna brought round five the distance issues magnified once again counterattacks spinning back fists spinning back kicks all of that together just sealed the deal for Shevchenko specifically oh my goodness it was so funny to me uh, JJ was sick of getting hit with spinning stuff so she was like you hit me with something spinning I'm gonna hit you with something spinning she threw a, a spinning back fist uh, Valentina ducked it came up with a spinning back fist her own and smacked her across the face I mean it was just utter domination by the then uncrowned flyweight queen now the queen has her crown and with the current lineup at 125 pounds looks like her reign is going to be a long one uh for jj yeah she was unsuccessful in this flyweight debut fell to five and one in the weight class overall but more importantly she fell to one and three in her last four fights and she's really got to take a long look at everything regarding her fighting career to see where she goes from here it's said that she's probably going to drop back down to 115 pounds and even if she stayed at 125 which I would like to see her do put some muscle on and stay there at 125 maybe fight a good three times or so show your dominance and then maybe with a bit more muscle mass come after um, Shevchenko again if she's still the champion which like I said, with the people that are at 125 right now, um, I don't see anybody stopping her anytime soon. All right, main event. And boy, was it a fight to remember. Um, I, like I said, I've been waiting patiently all week to get your take on this. So tell me about Holloway or Taylor. This fight believe it or not went exactly the way I thought this fight would go really I wrote I wrote the article months ago when these two were supposed to face off and uh, I didn't change the article I just copied and pasted it the only thing I did change was the prediction mm. uh, I changed my prediction from a fifth round decision for Max Holloway to a third round TKO for Max Holloway and uh that just came from the fact that as this fight was coming up and I was doing my prep for the preview, I watched some more Brian Ortega fights. Um, I, I'm a big, big fan of Max Holloway. I think he's a phenomenal champion. I think he's a phenomenal young man. Um, 
nothing against Brian Ortega, but I just I hadn't watched as much of him, so I decided to really jump in to this this highly anticipated fight. And what I had noticed was, aside from the Frankie Edgar fight, where he definitely was the dominant striker, mm-hmm. um, he the fight previous to that uh, he got pretty pieced up in. Yeah, and that's he won. Moicano, I think was uh, yes, to Moicano, it mm-hmm. was, um, and he ended up winning, I believe, on a third round submission mm-hmm. on a honestly a stupid decision by Moicano to actually take down Brian Ortega, who cinched in a guillotine, and I watched that fight, and I, I all I could think of was that there's no chance you get hit that many times by Max Holloway and survive that fight. Mm. It just it just doesn't happen. And Max Holloway, I believe, is one of the best strikers in MMA. Um, his 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 timing, maybe not one of the best strikers. I mean, I know that that argument gets thrown around, or that that thing gets thrown around title to a lot of people. But his timing and under and awareness of his space, mm. it'd be hard for you to find anybody else. Maybe aside from a prime Conor McGregor. Um, that just is so aware of his space and reach um, and just when to throw to where the shot will come and you'll miss it and within I mean as he's pulling that punch back you're coming across the top I mean that's what Max Holloway is perfect at you miss him by a quarter of an inch and he hits you dead solid as you're pulling back Um, so as I watch this fight it's it's how it went I mean it was time and time again and I think one large glaring mistake, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it was a, he overestimated his own skill level based on his last fight being one of the, you know, being a guy that finishes a fighter of Frankie Edgar's caliber, mm-hmm. that he was a little more confident in his striking than he should have been. I don't know if it was an ego thing that said, I'm going to beat the champion at his game. I'm not going to do it my way. Um, but the first round was essentially a boxing match until near the end. I think there was a takedown attempt, but they were, they were really more lackadaisical takedown attempts. They were just to keep Holloway thinking about the takedown. Mm-hmm. Now, for Holloway's <laughs> credit, um, he stuffed everything throughout the entire fight the second round comes back out and Holloway comes back out and is just piecing up Ortega um, I think and of course I don't have my notes with me here because I didn't bring it but I want to say I think I gave round two as a 10-8 to Holloway just for sheer volume and 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 the way Ortega looked I believe that was when his his nose gets busted up and he mm-hmm. I, I was watching it with my wife and she asked me because I kept kind of oh Oh, oh, and she was like, "Is it really that bad?" And I, said, <laughs> I told her, I said, it, "It reminds me of the kid that trains at a dojo, and then uses his whatever fighting that he's learning to kind of pick on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And when he shows back up to the dojo, the master hands him some gloves and says, "Then you're going to get in the ring with me." And you find out you didn't really know anything. <laughs> That's almost what it seemed like. Not, again, not to take anything away, but Max Holloway was the master in in this entire fight um he led the dance he wrote the script <laughs> there was no getting away from it and when ortega 
realized that there was no chance he was going to win this boxing match, he started going for the takedowns a little more. Um, looking at the fight stats, he shot 11 takedowns, and it does credit him with one. Mm-hmm. I think that is craziness because the one takedown that he had was, I believe, in the f- fourth round, third round. Might have been in the early fourth. And it was long enough for Max Holloway's butt to touch the ground and him to stand back up. Um, there was just no time where Holloway was actually on the ground or really in much danger. There was one time where he went down and Ortega to a knee. Ortega tried to take his back and he just slid him right off and caught him with a combo against the fence on the way out. Um, now, the one I know the, the round you want me to talk about is round three, I believe. <laughs> The round three is the the round that um, Ortega looked the best in. Mm-hmm. Started out the round really well and actually uh, really caught the champ's attention with a couple of strikes. I did not think that Ortega actually won the round, though. And <laughs> this is where I'll, I'll explain. Yes. I think he started out great for that, like, two minutes or so. Um, landed some really good shots and honestly if he were able to just survive that round as in just don't really have to push the envelope anymore but I think he would have done enough there if he just didn't absorb damage but it he kind of let Holloway off the hook for a minute Holloway got his head back around him and I thought that just the volume and um the, again, the inability to land any takedowns, the control of the cage instantly went back to Holloway. I don't think he wanted to even lose a round, so he turned it back on and was landing three, four punch combos and ending with a kick. I mean, everything was hitting, and I thought that the late round momentum is really what put Holloway over the top in that particular round. And for a couple of reasons. Now, one, MMA judges are what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. They forget what you did three minutes ago. What they do remember is that you're backing up <laughs> and you're getting pieced up and you can't get away from the guy that's coming at you. You shoot for a takedown. Don't even get close and get hit with two or three punches on the exit. That's really what they remembered. Um, I had it judged for Holloway regardless, even taking the entire thing into account. I thought that there was more control and more uh, action done by Holloway throughout the third round to make up for the couple of good shots at the beginning that did in fact hurt him. And I'm not taking away from Ortega on, on figuring that puzzle out. But again, Holloway wrote the script. <laughs> there was no twist ending in this. Um, he, he went right back to what he was doing. He stopped with the showboating that he started to play with a little bit <laughs> and uh, went into the fourth round where I don't know if he was tired or if he had just if he was just that beat up, but I, I had um, the fourth round is easily a ten eight round um, for Holloway. Yes, yes, it was, was, was ten eight all day. I was. It got to a point where I was, I was hoping that the corner would shut it down. This is one of those fights where it didn't. This was one of those fights where. You, as a corner man, you're going to take some heat if you throw the towel in or if you call the fight off. And I understand that different venues have different rules, different commissions. But if they were able to, I would have liked to have seen. I mean, at this point, you're just taking unnecessary damage. After about a minute 50, um, 
about a minute 50, Holloway decided I'm going to finish. I mean, well, actually, at the beginning of the round, he said, I'm going to finish this fight in this round. He pointed, yep. told him, I'm, I'm going to put him out in the fourth round. Um, and he came out not crazy aggressive, but it took about two minutes before he realized that there was no gas in Ortega's tank. There was nothing to fear submission game or takedown. Um, he had already seen the best takedown attempts that Ortega had, and they were nothing. I mean, it was I, my butt touched the ground for a second, and I'm back up, and I'm punching you some more. Um, there was twice that I actually thought that the referee should have stopped the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, the last forty something seconds when Holloway caught uh, Ortega with the right, and Ortega went down, and it looked like he was shooting. I don't think he was shooting. I think he went down, and he just right. happened to fall. I think he happened to fall into Max Holloway's legs. <laughs> Um, I think he went lights out for a second, and he just at this point his left eye, I believe it was, was so swollen shut that he he couldn't see anything coming. Um, it was a really good uh, getting to to the ending. It was a doctor stoppage between rounds, so the official score is a, a round four TKO at five minutes because um, he was not able to answer the bell for the fifth round, or, or doctor stopped it. In the, in the fifth round or before the fifth round um, and, and it was a good it was a good call um, really was a good call again nothing but respect for Brian Ortega but the level of disrespect being shown to the champ in this in this fight was mind-boggling every poll I saw on Twitter was 50-50 or slightly favoring Ortega um, every I mean Vegas even <laughs> had Max Holloway as the underdog in Ortega, I mean, slight. It was it was the slight favorite. Um, it was just a level of like almost. Again, it's it, as sports fans we are. What have you done for me lately, fans? Right. Um, you see that in fantasy football. You see that in, in 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 MMA as well. Especially when you don't see guys week after week. And Holloway hasn't fought in a while. He's missed. Uh, he's had the medical problems. And what we remember are the two fights. <laughs> The two fights of uh, Ortega, which were the most recent, and the Frankie Edgar fight, the the most recent of, of all the fights, and um, I guess we were expecting that same level. And I mean, the champ is the champ. It's it's what I had at the end of the article before it. I said anything could definitely happen, but y- you'd have to do something. You'd have to drastically show me something that would make me go against the champ in this fight. And I, like I said, I had to change my my prediction to a TKO and just to tell you the dominance um, I'm a numbers guy I love the number 425 strikes thrown for Max Holloway to 245 Holloway landed 219 to Ortega's 86 (laughs) there is nobody at least in the featherweight class that understands timing and distance and spatial awareness more than Max Holloway there's nobody. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that that was. Yeah, it, I mean it was a it was a virtuoso performance, especially in that fourth round. I, I want to say he landed probably about a hundred strikes or so in that round. Um, most significant strikes in UFC history. Um, yeah, I mean just killed it. Eight knockout victories in the featherweight division uh most in the division history a lot of people have been talking about the goat and honestly um he's got a 
he he's got a dog in that fight. He's got a dog in that fight. He he still gives his uh, gives that title to Aldo, and I can understand and respect that, especially based on the lengthy reign that he had. But he beat the man uh, who was the man twice in a row, and has won more fights in a row than uh, than Aldo did. I mean, yeah. He, yeah, he he's uh he's a beast, and and this was a uh, a definitive, or I should say, a yeah, a, a defining fight in his career. Absolutely, man. Well, okay, I I appreciate your take on things as far as round three uh, was concerned. I just want to share with you though that most of the uh, most of our colleagues in MMA media they kind of disagree with you just a bit uh, everything I've seen out there from Sheer Dog to Bloody Elbow gives Ortega round three so uh, you know I'm, I'm you know it, it's it it doesn't matter because the fight is over but uh, yeah I, I appreciate your take on it and that's why you are the man because you bring information that other people uh, just don't have and, and don't see. All right. Well, that does it for this show. Uh, we plan on coming back at it again for UFC 2, uh, 232. Yeah, 232. Yeah, who knows? We may even wait a little longer and catch. Uh, PFL and uh, and all that. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to pop for Ryzen. I know they got a, a quite a few things going on. Gabby Garcia's on that card. Floyd Mayweather's on that card. Um, the 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 Horiguchi Caldwell fight. Woo-hoo! Man, I, I really really want to see that, but I just don't know if I want to spend the money for it that's that's the thing but yeah we'll uh we'll be talking about all that wonderfulness on the next episode uh until then though because i know that you will be providing that pre-fight information that people need to know about uh he was like it went just like i said it was gonna go uh except it was in the fourth round not the third but just like he said it was gonna go so uh you want to get that information tell the people where they can find you in between uh episodes of after man absolutely uh i'm at uh, on twitter i'm at bearded moose and that's with two zeros so that's m zero zero s e um on instagram is the same and you can find the actual article and stuff if you just want to follow the website that's ambushsportsnetwork.com uh and some really cool stuff going on there Mm -hmm. um i'll actually i am uh the new alliance of american football league i have uh media i'll be going to a media conference or media um showing for the mini camp that starts for the orlando apollos team nice saturday so i'm gonna get some interviews with uh steve spurrier and some of the players so some cool stuff coming on that front, and uh, I'm hoping that that starts to open door to some MMA stuff to bring you guys some more insider stuff for MMA. Problem is, is for some reason they just don't come down to Florida anymore. 
<laughs> so it's been a while. I think Dustin Poirier was the last uh, was one of the last fights in in Florida, and that was uh, May of last year of, of one of no, the big organizations. There was a there was a card in Orlando because I remember. Yeah, I think that uh, was the- Jacare was on it, and uh, what's his face? Uh, Mike Perry was on it, but that was this year. Might have been. I might have just missed that one then. Because Orlando gets Orlando's the only one. Orlando had the Dustin Poyer. Uh, I don't even remember who he fought in that one. But uh, I, I missed that one. I don't remember why I missed that one. I think we're knee deep in the middle of fire season, and uh, days off got canceled on that one. <laughs> so there was no going to that. Uh, like May twenty fifth or whatever it was. But yeah, you can follow me there. Um, really, bearded moose is where you can follow me. That's where all my stuff ends up, and I love saying hey. So jump on and say hey. Cool, cool, wonderful. Um, yeah, that was uh, just checking really quick. That was a Poirier Gagey fight, which was phenomenal. And that was in April. Yes. So yeah, yeah, that was a great one. Uh, UFC on Fox twenty nine. Um, for me, as stated, from Jump. Um, Aftermath is well. I didn't say this, but Aftermath is powered by MCMV Sports. So, if you want to catch up with me, you can send something that way. Uh, MCMV Sports on everything: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. MCMV Sports, my team, my voice. Sports fans rejoice. Even though I did that backwards, that's just what happened. But hey, we're gonna keep it rolling. Uh, you can catch me there or you can follow me uh, I am the voice that's T-H-A V as in Victor O Y as in Yankee Z as in Zulu E and that's all social so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uh, all that you can catch me there uh, and we can chop it up about uh, we can chop it up about fights we can chop it up about Jesus, we can chop it up about. I don't know what else I put out there. I don't know, but yeah, generally, family, church, what church signs? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. One of my favorite things is when you start posting church signs. Yeah, I was gonna say church signs, but I mean it's not really much to chop up about it. You know, <laughs> no. oh, it was lame. It's like, well, but I if you want to see it, definitely head over there. There's some really stinking funny ones. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, some, some good ones. I, I, I've been looking at the church signs on Sunday because you, you, that's when they'll get posted primarily been doing that for a while and I just like taking the ones that um, stand out most to me and sharing it with others so yeah if you see ones like oh that was lame or, oh that was good uh, holla at, at your man the voice I, I love to chop it up with you alright fight fans well until next time this has been Aftermath And until the horn sounds, fight the good fight.